Hey everybody, this is Marlon Thompson and you're listening to Nerd World Politics. Hello everybody, welcome to Nerd World Politics Episode 2 with Marlon Thompson and me, Brendan O'Brien. Today we're sharing our thoughts and feelings about the new season of Voltron, Legendary Defender, and discuss the backlash around Chiro. We're also going to get to the bottom of all the hate towards animated reboots like Teen Titans Go and the new cartoon that we're remake of Thundercats. Plus, what we like in, so stay tuned. Netflix recently launched Season 7 of the much-beloved animated series Voltron Legendary Defender, bringing us back into the middle of our favorite paladin's fight against the Gyra, who just don't seem to give up, do they? Brendan and I just finished the entire season, and boy, do we have thoughts. Yeah. So, Brendan, what are your thoughts? Um, The first thing that I wanted to bring up, and I know that folks are going to say... Oh, we should first of all say spoiler alert. Oh, We're yes. Gonna oh, yeah. We're going to spoil the heck out of this season, so sorry. I'll, I'll try to spoil as little as possible for folks. But I'm going to spoil everything because I hate spoiler alerts. <laughs> Why? No, I think spoiler I, alerts are important for some people. Uh, I, uh, anyhow. I think, but you see, here's the thing. So mm-hmm. I, I think and I think that this is an interesting place to start, is that mm-hmm. I think for Netflix series how you govern or like deal with spoilers needs to be like vastly different for like everywhere else. Yeah. Uh, based solely on the fact that I could end up watching this at any point in on day one, I could have watched all the episodes. Um, and once that's possible, once it's possible for me from day one to get to the end after I give, like after I give you like a week, it's been like a week and something since, uh, well, well according to Vince Gilligan, creator of breaking bad and better call soul, and I will, this this is a, a kind of quote. So I'm actually doing a Vince Gilligan thing where I'm, I will be referencing Vince Gilligan later. Okay. Um, he says two weeks. Two his weeks is, is spoiler two, limit. Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> My limit is I give you at least one. Um, right. Because, yeah, because after one, I don't know what your life story is. Yeah. After yeah, one yeah. week, your the responsibility is like really yours. The first week is when the cinema is still packed out and you can't really yeah. see like, at that point, like people shouldn't be telling you like how Black Panther ended because yeah. like it's it's virtually it was virtually impossible to get inside there. But like after a week, if I bust the mark, well, that's that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a, I actually have a friend, and I know we, we we're hedging a little bit before we get into it. Mm-hmm. But I have a friend um, who I used to work with. You know her, and she gets all angsty over spoilers, even if I'm cryptic. And like yeah. say, hey, yeah, the um, orange juice is in the movie. You know, orange <laughs> juice will get all upset. I wanted to know. I didn't want to know what flavor of drink they drank. You know, so so I I am even though I'm like all anti spoiler and, and and I have no patience for it. I'm I I I I I, I'm, I don't I don't make it my business to spoil things. For me. Yeah, I don't. Well, for me personally, I guess as a as a creator myself, I don't believe in spoilers because it's not really because it's not really about like what happens. It's about how the story gets executed. So I could tell you, I could tell you what happens, mm-hmm. but if it, but you won't be able to experience how it's executed and how that makes you feel. And in some ways, me telling you what happens just kind of heightens your anxiety when it's time to sit down and watch it because like you know this is coming up, but you do know how it's gonna happen. 
Um, so, so, so to push for, so how does this season get executed? Because at the end of last season, they, there was no more Castle of La- Alliance. Right. Um, they were all stranded. Um, Lot, Lot, is Lotor? Yeah. Was that Lotor, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Lotor's he was, gone. Lotor's he's dead. gone. Oh, and can I just point to one major critique of this entire series that has annoyed me for all seven seasons? Is that the opening intro has stayed the same, and I kind of feel Netflix could pay to do a little remake of the opening, give us a little update yeah. of the story. That's Netflix fix that for the last season. Yeah, I would course. have appreciated. I would have appreciated that. <laughs> as well yeah. like just like i feel like um well there are reasons why you would and there's reason why you wouldn't have because yeah. netflix has given you the opportunity to skip all that shit entirely in which yeah. case it does not it, it, why spend the extra i don't know a hundred dollars to change it but come on <laughs> but for those who like me the weirdos like me who are like really interested in that sort of stuff i love title cards because yeah they kind of, they kind of resettle the personality and there's so much personality going from season six into season seven yeah um so yeah. much has gone on with shiro and a lot of these characters has grown um yeah, yeah. we get to like remind folks before the episode even begins that there's no more castle of lions yeah mm-hmm. and to set the emotional tone for the rest of the film for the rest of the series sorry that i feel like the upbeat um the upbeat opening title music just doesn't convey yeah. to me and it kind of pulls me out really temporarily. Yeah. And I mean, we, cause we still have a loop. I mean, give, let us see Allura in her lion. Come on. Let us yeah, she deserves acknowledge that. the fact that, that people have switched lions since season one. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um, but I mean, title card aside, which is okay because yeah. I mean, me and my fiance we skip it, so like it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> we watch it like we we keep it on once, like when we need the extra minute to like go quick to the kitchen to get something to eat. That's it. Um, but th- what's interesting, I think, about season seven mm-hmm. is that there's so much that happens. And I don't know if it's a conscious decision or it's just because on one hand, I feel like it's really natural. But on the other hand, I feel like it it's potentially boring storytelling is that so much things happened right at the end of season six. And then at the top of season seven, our kids are just kind of like wandering through space. It's, they slow things down to a crawl. Yeah. And and had the potential i think to kind of heighten the anxiety because we know that so much has happened and we and we don't know um what's the future of uh, of our voltron lions over the next few episodes it's going to take them an incredibly long time to get to earth and bloody bloody at least three decafibs you know how many right. dobashes is that <laughs> you know i actually had to look up <laughs> i i actually sat down and looked up what the hell did these periods of time mean you yeah. were not alone. You were not alone. <laughs> and I'm sure that the Google search engine was just spiking. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. watching both, right? Yeah. It, and what's interesting, it, it never really mattered to me. It never really yeah. mattered to me up until this season. Because now a decafee was like a genuine unit of measurement that I needed to know before. But you, but you know what's curious? Because they drop all of these words in. And they do it in a way which is something I usually hate in shows mm-hmm. where all the while you're talking English and then you drop in this random alien language thing and then somebody addresses it, but they don't ever address it. They just yeah. 
claw wide on, you figure it out. Yeah, you know? because because it's natural for them. It, it, yeah. Of course, it makes sense that that's how they would describe time and this is the kind of creatures that they would talk about for them it's absolutely normal it's why i love quran yeah yes. i've always enjoyed quran as a character because quran just quran is just himself yeah even sometimes um the even sometimes the paladins end up finding themselves getting used as as a exposition dump but Quran yes. just Quran just like says some shit. Yeah, and just goes on, goes with it. You know, like when, when my father was so and so, and he would just go with that, and you're like, dude, what are you smoking? Yeah, come on. Like, what what is this that you speak of? It, but like all that aside, I feel like while the first four episodes had like a lot of potential to heighten the anxiety, we just end up moving at a snail's pace and not yeah. really and not really knowing where it is that we're headed. Yeah. Um it 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 kind of makes when we get there feel so much better because we spent so much time thinking, oh, we're just gonna like watch four episodes of fillers. So when we finally get to Earth, it's like Jesus Christ, thank you. Yeah. I think I think <laughs> they also do that because the paladins have no realization that the universe has been existing for so many Bushes or whatever it is, yeah. without Voltron and without knowing what happened to Voltron. Yeah. So I think even that recognition, when they finally realize, oh crap, people think we're dead. Oh crap, the Gyra are doing crazy things all over the, the universe. Yeah. You know, you know. So it brings, it heightens that tension a little bit, I think, and kind of sparks their urgency to really get to it, to yeah. right the wrongs that they perceive as happening, even though they don't know what is happening on Earth. Yeah. You know what I'm gonna I'm gonna say it here for like the folks who end up listening to this after they end up watching Voltron. I really love Bob. <laughs> Bob Bob was one of my favorite characters of season seven. He was like he was not only was he like this season's BBB. Yes. But BBB was also in the episode, like it's win after win after win. But it's also really <laughs> my fiance just walks into the room and shakes her head at me because she hated that episode. She thought it was just, she just dumb episode. solar madness. But I love Bob because it was an opportunity. That was actually the best opportunity. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you the obscenities that my that my fiance just came into the <laughs> You're receiving myself. right now. Yeah. But here's what I thought made Bob so strong. Um, and when folks finally see the episode, if they haven't seen it already, they'll absolutely understand, I hope, is that Bob was the tool by which he really understood how 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 closely uh, the Paladins grew as a group. Yeah? Exactly, exactly. For me, that was the episode where I said, wow, these guys have really changed from season one. Yeah. And you needed an episode that even when, and we need to remember that I think... Um, this is rated seven years and up, so they have to do the crazy quirkiness for mm-hmm. kids that they're actually targeting. This is we yeah. should remember this is being targeted at kids. But exactly, yeah. <laughs> so we <laughs> so have to do that crazy stupidness. But it is still for us because they're showing us that here what these guys have really changed in terms of who they are and what they believe in and why they do what they do. Yeah. Why even, though they've, even though they're the same in a lot of ways, they've changed in a lot of really interesting key ways. Yeah. Um, that I think 
um, really kind of sets the pace as well for when we finally get back to Earth and we, we understand, we get to see not just some of the decisions that they make in a new light because they're not the same kinds of decisions that they would have made before. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But when they start making decisions and start working together as a team and a unit and they start communicating a whole lot better around solving problems, um, we don't attribute that, we don't attribute that to... Um, to like a Power Rangers effect, yeah? yeah. I used to hate that about Power Rangers. It's a five people who've never, who've never exchanged more than five words to each other in their entire lives, mm-hmm. get costumes, and all of a sudden they're a well-oiled machine. <laughs> because they're the Power Rangers. No, 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 no. Oh, and, no, think about it. We got six seasons of these yeah. folks still figuring their shit out. Yeah, yeah. yeah? Like I'm, human I, I, beings. Yeah, and like Lance, I, I think I was mentioning to you the, the moment that I loved was uh, they were running from uh, the two Gara ladies um, who were attacking them. Yeah, and then Key just says, "Lance, I'm gonna go ahead, Lance. Keep, Lance, you do this." And Lance was like, "Yeah, okay." And immediately, whereas season one, but why are you telling me what to do? Keep, why are you, you know? And it's just like yeah. understanding this is my role. I need to do this. This is, you know, I'm understanding each each one of their strengths. And there would be times when, you know, they would say, Pidge, you do this. You know, Hunk, you do this. Because they understand this is your strength and I need you to take the lead and they would just take it. Yeah. I, I really love, I hate shows where the characters go through six, seven seasons and we see no change at all. And in this season, you know, you, you, you saw some of it in the previous season, but I think this season really caps it off because they had to be a unit at yeah. the end. They had to be, or else it would not have been saved. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You know who I think deserves like extra love? Because um, I think Keith deserves a lot of love uh, yeah. and Lance deserves a lot of love, but Alura. Yeah. Um, because not only... I, I, everybody in, in Voltron has been through a lot, but Alura... Mm-hmm not only had to find the lions and hope that they did the job, then halfway into the halfway into all of this, she ends up having to pilot a lion herself. And that was that was just a a, a bucket of insecurity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And now she's gotten to this place where um she's not only a relative a relevant uh a relatively like confident uh paladin and she's um, confident that she could pilot her lion successfully, she's learned all these other cool things about um, about the history of her people and how to use that magic for the betterment of others. And she's a lot more; uh, she's even more commanding uh, a presence, if you could say that animated characters have stage presence um, than she was in season one for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah in season one, she was just. She was cool and all that, but she was just Princess Allura. And, yeah, she was just uh, Princess Allura, the girl with the lions, and she told you yeah. how to get shit done. But now she's, like, getting shit done. Yeah, yeah, and even her relationship with Lance, this understated relationship, which is, again, a, thing, a trope I usually Look. hate. I usually hate it, but I think the way it was handled, because we've seen Allura be racist. Come on, I'm calling mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Straight up racist with my boy Keith. Right. <laughs> Your Gyra, so I'm not I'm not thinking with you. To now, you know, she's she she has that 
nice affection for Lance that we don't know if it will be explored or not. You know, is I, I kind of I like it. I like I, seeing it. I don't. <laughs> I knew you were going to say. I that. don't. I really. I will stop watching the day, <laughs> the day they decide to put on on Netflix an episode where Lance and Alora kiss. I am deleting the people application. I don't think they'll do it though. I, 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 I hope <laughs> they do a. I hope they do a, um, a Star Wars Rebel, and we kind of get into where um, we're seeing a lot of these shows that do this kind of episodic storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. Where Star Wars Rebels, where uh, uh, what's the young? Padawan mean, anyhow, where he had this affection, and it wasn't, you know, at the beginning it was, oh, he was so in love with her, and then to the end, it was more of just a respect. Right. So that there was this, you know, yes, we like each other, but it's more we realize that we like each other as friends and we care for one another rather than taking it anywhere else. So I kind of yeah, hope no, that's if where that it happens, goes. if that happens, I think it'll be really cool. I don't think that's where it's going. Yeah. Uh, they've really, they've really like laid it on thick that Lance has the hearts for Laura since like season one. Yeah, well, yeah, we know yeah. that. That's why I said I thought they were gonna give give us a change. And I'm, I'm referring to Ezra and Sabine in in Star Wars Rebels, right? Yeah. Because in, in, in the first couple of seasons, Ezra is all taking up with Sabine, and then in later, when Ezra starts to grow as a character and understands his role as a Jedi his relationship, and what Sabine's role is with her people, then you see that change. And I'm hoping that we see a similar arc because we get a little bit backstory with Lance and his family and his sister and now Allura and, and probably the new fate of the Altians. I'm hoping yeah. that that kind of happens. Oh, that ending! Yeah. <laughs> it's a good ending. Jeez Louise! It's a good ending, I must admit. Hey, no. Say what you want about say what you want about the pacing of because I think that uh, some folks have had con- some some concerns about the pacing of every season because like every season has like that weird filler and the fillers are the yeah. ones that I love because I feel like they flesh out the character more. But what what Voltron does too well, and I will mm-hmm. say too well because it's infuriating yeah. how good they are with endings. Yeah, because yeah? li- like this, for, this for the, was such a good. I, I literally went. Damn! Right? I literally said it out loud because I'm like, I I see where you guys are going, and I love it. You know? Yeah, and it's and it's just how like subtly and and inconspicuously they do yeah. those things. Is that we uh we've managed to um to push out the Gaulra, um and we got this uh cool new mech. We got we got another cool new mech. Right? Oh God! I I yeah. have to I have to speak on that. I'll let you finish your thought. Yeah. And then I have a few words about so, that because <laughs> I have some thoughts as well. But like so many so many cool big things happen that we almost forget, right? Because I I in a sense kind of forgot that they pitched this robot into the ocean, right? Yeah. I just totally forgot that we we managed to defeat um we we managed to ride out the Gaulra we managed to defeat this yeah. mech um we're on the path to like rebuilding Earth and all of this is well and cool and wonderful maybe we could bask in this um like positive place for like the first time in six goddamn seasons right 
And then just at the end, we're like, so we bothered to fish out the thing because we wanted to find the energy source. We couldn't find it for so long. And, and, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, why are we doing this? I mean, yeah. I suppose it makes sense that you'd want to fish it out to see if there's any information that you could gather, but I'm not sure why it's necessary. Oh, and, shit. And, and for me, it's and necessary. For me, and for me, that was a, a misdirect because when I heard yeah. them do that, I said, oh, you idiots, it's going to take over something. You know, I thought that's where they were going. Right. Because it was a classic misdirect. Oh, we took something that we should not have taken. Yeah, out of, the Age of Ultron you know. mistake. <laughs> yeah. But now, nah, when, when they showed us, that's one of the things I don't want to spoil. If you haven't seen the episode yeah. yet, I want to see it. But but when you see it, you everything that we said, they just made sense. Because I was... Yeah. I was liter- I was really shocked, and I think I think my fiance was as well. That that just out of nowhere, because we forgot about all of these things, and and that's yeah. that's what good writing does. That they give us an opportunity, they give us all the information that we have that we supposed to have. You know, we knew um, that they were um, collecting and farming Altaeans. We knew that um, that they're on some planet that we can't find. But there's just so many other things happening in the world that 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 those pieces of information just stop being important. They just stop holding relevance because what's important is right in front of our noses now. These folks are gonna die, right? If we don't put our head together right now. And then when we finally get past that problem, they remind us, Oh, you, you forgot about this? Let me remind you how important this might have been. Uh yeah, that was incredible. So um, some of the things that we didn't really like. So mm-hmm. one, I'll, I'll start off with a, a couple, um, and it wasn't really bad. So at almost every season, they try and do some fan service and connect to the original Voltron season. Mm-hmm. And this time, when the Atlas was pouring up, dude says, Mega Thrusters are go. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And then there's a, a, a point where the Atlas is breaking up and my dude says dinotherms are being unconnected. And in the original voters is connect dinotherms. Mm. So I like those. I, I groan, but I like when they do that. But I really hate, I shouldn't say I hate, but I expected with this series where, oh no, we're going to get killed. Oh, what is that new thing? Let me shove my beard. Yeah, that would appear. Or let this gigantic ship. Right. Turn into this yeah. gigantic robot for no reason that we need a gigantic robot yeah. at this point. This last cu- these last couple episodes were literally like a Deus Ex Machina factory. Yeah. 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 That's, that, those were my exact words. They were just gods <laughs> after gods, just in a line waiting to save the day. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's just really, it's really frustrating because there are, I feel like you've set up. A, a team of characters who are actually really intelligent, mm-hmm. and that if if you wrote problems that required intelligent solutions, and that's the pro- and that's potentially the problem, not just with Voltron, but with like um, anything that ends up looking remotely shonen, yeah, anything that's remotely yeah. like we have to brawl our way out of it, and Mecha always falls into that category because yeah. ultimately a big giant robot is going to have to punch a big giant robot in the face to save the day. Yeah. But because we have such a, we have such an intelligent team of of engineers and pilots and um, that make up the Voltron Paladins, if you if we wrote if we wrote these monsters of the day as requiring an intelligent solution as opposed to a physical one, 
not only I think would those fights become a lot more compelling, because I don't actually think that the fight scenes are a great deal compelling in any of these seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with with very think, few uh, wh- exception. I think with this one, where I, what I liked was how they built up tension by having, um, rather than having one, you know, Voltron do this, where they broke up, okay, the Atlas is going to do this. Yeah. The team on the ground is going to do this. You guys are going to do this. I think that kind of helped. Yeah. So when they needed to, give you some sticks. Yeah. So when they needed to, um, to, uh, diffuse the lasers. Yes. Yeah. I loved that because it was yeah. an opportunity for everybody to show their own unique strengths, but we were still working against the clock. And technically, Voltron has to solve the, pro- the problem. Yeah. But it's not a matter of, well, we'll just form Voltron and slice through the lasers. They made it very mm-hmm. clear that won't work. They kind of. Yeah. They kind of screwed us at the end when it just ended up that Lance could have just cut the lasers in half yeah. the entire time. Yeah, and that's that's the one thing that I feel like the writing doesn't do very well. They're not very good at... They're very good at highlighting and accentuating drama, but they're not particularly good at conflict, which is which is ironic because those two things like seem to go hand in hand in your mind. The best scene in... The best like conflict scene in season seven for me is when uh, they have to infiltrate this base and Keith and his uh, cosmic wolf Cosmo. <laughs> I mean, that's not cheesy at all, right? Um, they just kind of have to um, blink through the entire base and it's Lance mm-hmm. who's letting them know. And, and it's also a, a, yeah. really oppo- a really cool opportunity for character growth when you have them solve intelligent problems. Someone has to stay behind and survey the area. A couple of folks have to do some cover and reconnaissance. Someone else has to go and infiltrate the base. Who has the tools to do that and how do we execute? That's always more compelling than we'll take this Also, these episodes feel kind of video game-ish. You know, mm-hmm. in that you 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 can see yourself playing a video game and like all right you you doing this you're doing that and it's it's something I've noticed with some of the new animated series where there's always that scene that feels as if you're behind the controller and okay you have to do this yeah. you have to do that so, so it, I think it's 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 learning from both mediums because it works in both in both medium so it it really worked there and I like that Lance is the sniper and you're trusting him he's the one who's going to do it. So Lance, take the shot. You know that's what I, I like. As you mentioned, each person getting their role to play and being trusted to. Them. Yeah, and I, I really look forward to that. That kind of work continuing happening in season eight. How do we solve those problems intelligently? Um, I mean, there's a lot to discuss about um, all the stuff that season seven did well and badly. Um, but there's another really serious conversation that we need to have in a bit as well. Um, so I think it makes sense for just to take a, a small little detour into yeah. that. Because no series is perfect, especially not a Netflix series, there is one problem that people are talking a lot about when it comes to this season of Voltron. Takashi Shirogane. The Black Paladin was revealed before the final season's release to be gay, and that the latest season would share more about his sexuality and relationship. But to put it mildly, 
fans were not pleased with what the episode actually did reveal, especially given the fact that our man Shiro's been through a lot. He was a goner POW, lost his arm a couple times. He freaking died. It was like, you get the picture. LGBT fans really looked forward to not just being meaningfully represented in their favorite show, but seeing Shiro potentially walk away with something positive in his life, the way Pidge finally got a reunion with her family. While Voltron writer Joaquim Dos Santos did re- uh, already issue an apology to the fandom, there's still a lot of conversation around it for some. Some people still think that a show that has otherwise been so good about issues such as these needs to still give them better. Others, too, think that while tragic, Shiro's arc in Season 7 is kind of how things might go in a story about intergalactic war. Marlon and I haven't shared our thoughts about it, so we thought what better time than now. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to start, because I have a lot of thoughts yeah. about like, the, the whole so first, Yeah, so first of all, why this is an issue, and I'll refer to TV Tropes, which mm-hmm. is a great website, because there are tons of tropes out there, people, and TV Tropes helps you understand them. And the reason people were angry, because this was seemed to be following on the barrier gaze trope, yeah. which is, by definition, um, often appeared in older works, um, in the extent that they that gay characters aren't allowed happy endings, even if they right. do end up having some kind of relationship, at least one half of the couple, often the one who was more aggressive in pursuing a relationship, thus perverting, and I just did quotation marks that you can't see, the right. other one has to die at the end. Right. And I struggled with answering this one because one, um, I was actually going to 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 phone a gay friend. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that sounds that sounds messed up, Marlon. Um, but I, you know, <laughs> no, but I get so it. I get it. You, you understand? To just kind of ask what it is, like if they have. Yeah, I don't. Experience. I don't just want to go with what I think. And there is one person I wasn't able to get onto her who um, is like me with respect to pop culture. Who would really give a damn. I have another friend I could have asked, and she would have watched me like I don't care. So <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have worked. But for me, within the context of. The, the show itself, I didn't really see it as an issue. Um, I understand why it is an issue, and, and I think people have the right to be upset about it because I don't. I was trying to find this video from Comic Con when it was announced, and it was by someone who was gay who was recording, and you, if you heard the joy. And, you know, she was like, you know, I knew it. I knew it. And and for me, I love to see that. I like to see because, like, on Friday, I'm going to watch um, Crazy Rich Asians with my wife. And I've been sharing. Oh, yeah. All, I've been sharing all the love it's been getting on social media. It's actually the first movie in three years to open um, the biggest, in terms of box office, biggest romantic comedy. Nice. So, Wow. You, okay. you have diverse diverse characters, and who knows? Wow, people actually watch it. Yeah. So it's amazing. <laughs> who, isn't knew? It? <laughs> who knew? Who um, knew? So, with respect to Shiro, when within the context of the episode itself, I felt as if Shiro's relationship had ended. So that Adam, for me, was another character, and given the scope, I personally felt that um, no one was really safe of all the side characters. I didn't really get that feeling that, that anyone was safe, given the aches that they were presenting when we got to Earth. Mm-hmm. So seeing Adam being killed, uh, 
it's it, 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 I understand, but you know, I, I I'm not sure that that I really, you know, I'm against the writers for doing what they did, and I don't think that they hyped it up to the level where people say that they were queer baiting. Because from what I understand as well, and you can correct me on this, right. is that the voice actor who played Shiro, this was background information that they gave him a few seasons beforehand. So he knew he was playing the character in that way. So it wasn't that it was created just for the seventh, seventh season. It's just that but we that, got to something. learn a bit about Adam in the seventh season. Okay. Well, so here's the thing. I'm, I, before I had a really strong perspective, but I'm actually really torn now. Yeah. So from a writing perspective, I have absolutely no problem with what happened. Yeah. Um, f- as far as I'm concerned, um, if we are people going to war, folks going to die, right? Mm-hmm. And if folks are going to die, um, and because we, I mean, it's unfortunate perhaps that we're meeting Adam for the first time at this stage, yeah. but people going to die. And like, you can't, yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't decide just because you've only had the opportunity to introduce these characters in these ways now that they obviously need to survive. Not to say that that's an entirely incorrect decision because we've brought folks in this season who we thought were dead back to life. Veronica, Mm -hmm. we thought got her face blown off and there was no reason to I (laughs) I kind of expected Veronica to die. And this is going to be sad, Lance, I'm sorry, but I kind of wanted your sister to die. I'm I'm, I'm putting it out there. I, I think she's a clone. I genuinely think she's a clone. Okay, there we go. Good. Yeah. I like I like the way of solving the problem. <laughs> no, because it's the only. I mean, we've we've proven that this is a thing that can happen. And yeah, when we yeah. and when I was watching it, um, that was like that was just the immediate presumption. She was obviously yeah. dead because because that's the one thing that Voltron never really shied away from is that if you mm. died, you died, right? And then all of a sudden, you not only you're not only alive. But back yeah. and okay with friends? No, I don't trust that. Yeah, you need to stay away from me and my guys, right? <laughs> um, yeah. But with that in mind, the fact that they decided to bring folks back, quote unquote, yeah. um, meant that there were decisions that you could have made about Adam. That's not yeah. to say that I think that the decision that they made about Adam is bad writing. I do think that your decision to talk about Adam and Shiro the way that you did before season yeah. seven came out, I think. I think it's queer beaten. And I think, and it took me a really long time to come to that position because I think that the writing is sound. I don't have a single problem with the episode. I have a lot of problem with how people decided to talk about the episode when you were clear and you knew that that was not going to be the focus of the episode. The focus of the episode was not necessarily even about Shiro um, coming to terms with his own relationship. Yeah, it, yeah, it was, it's it was got, all about Keith. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with him coming to terms with his sexuality yeah. or him coming to terms yeah. with his relationship with people, including Adam. It has nothing yeah. to do with him. Um, it could, he spends very little time even addressing um, his relationship or his ability to have a meaningful relationship um, now or in the future. He spends very... Like, there's a moment where he goes to add with, to the... Um, that tribute Wall? space, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he sees Adam's name, and he does, he does say some words precisely like five, okay. um, and then he jumps into the atlas, and well, and guys, like, it's back to work, yeah, to work, yeah. Sorry, Adam, and you know what's a funny thing? Because I saw, I didn't see the episode before the articles came out, 
And when the episode, when I watched the episode, I would have forgotten that that was Adam. If I hadn't read the articles, the way it, it happens in the show, you know, the planes go out, boom, they're dead. And, and only afterwards I realized, oh crap, that was Adam. So yeah, even that way that was Even how up, he died was just kind of, uh, we do really care about you guy. But it's even how he died was really Barrier Gay's trope. It was yeah. like, <laughs> no. and, and like in, in, in doing research on this, um, because I, I I think why it's also such a major issue was recently with The 100, a couple of years ago, which is a show I really should go and watch um, uh, because I have nieces and that's the kind of stuff they like to watch. So I okay. usually watch what they like to watch to connect with them. And they had a major controversy with this particular trope where I think the person was killed by someone who disapproved mm-hmm. of the relationship she was having. Mm-hmm. I remember that. So which is, which is, yeah, which is like, you know, putting it on blast. So I think yeah, because of how much controversy that created, an environment has been created in a lot of writing rooms that we need to be clear with this. And I will share the, the one example of the truth that really upset me. I don't know if you watch Star Trek Discovery. But that upsets you because I was going to bring it up. But uh, let me hear what you have to say because I want right. to say something about that one. Because the reason why I hated when they killed the doctor was because of how this relationship was like. It was just. It wasn't. They didn't make it out to be anything special. It was just a yeah, relationship. It was just two people on the ship. Yeah, and. They also, because I read a lot of, I love Star Trek, so I read a lot of the, and I think this is where the creators get into trouble, is the work they do beforehand. So a lot of the talk beforehand was, oh, you know, we're going to do this and this relationship. So they talked about this relationship a lot. And then they even said, oh, that's not the end you'll see of the Doctor. But apparently it is because he's not in season two. He's, he's, he's not in the credits for season two. Right. Um. So, so for me, that really upset me because I was like, you had these two great characters who were strong in their own right. It was, you know, was really interesting. And you did this really silly death. And it was a really silly death. And, and I just hated, I hated that more than this, to be honest. Uh, so I, hmm. I'm going to say something that will upset you then. From a right. writing perspective. <laughs> I know a, you were going to say that. I mean, it's in my blood. From a writing perspective, that's the best death I've seen in a long time. Yeah? Instead Maybe of, it's because I really love the actor. I you, really, really and love I, the actor. I really love the actor, and I really love the relationship. So, yes. when, so when he got his neck broken, I was gutted. Yeah? And, like, I was on pause. for That happens to me. Like, if, if something yeah. really tragic to happen, if something really tragic happens in a show that I'm really loving, I go on pause. And, like, I can't watch it for another two or three days. I need to, like, build back up my reserves. Yeah? yeah? I need to, like, go back to my happy place, go online with some friends. Um, okay. No, it's real bad for me. I stopped watching NCIS when they killed Kate, like flat out. They, they when they sniped Kate in season two of NCIS, I just stopped Spoilers, watching. Spoilers, dude! What the hell? Uh, I, I'm I, still on season one. Oh, really? Well, I mean, you say I don't care. So I don't care. Yeah, but no, I stopped watching entirely. I stopped watching yeah. the entire show. I stopped watching every single um, reboot of the show. I just couldn't do it. Right. Um. So like when. 
so when he died, I was like, what, what? And it, and it just so happened, it just happened. So it yes. felt, it felt so almost banal. It's just a thing that I can and therefore will do because I've yeah. lost my mind. I'm going to kill you. Later. Yeah. Right. But because, because it didn't have, I mean, I can't say that it didn't have politics because obviously the fact that folks have responses around it means that there's some politics. There's no, there's nothing under the sun that's not political. But the fact that the decision to do that wasn't about uh, wasn't about their relationship, and it didn't overshadow or undermine the relationship that they had, and we had an opportunity to see. It meant that we had an opportunity to talk a little bit about the impact this would have on all the people who knew him and who knew his relationship, in a way that was genuinely fulfilling. So, in in him dying, there was still a really valid and very beautiful relationship that we wanted to remember and continue exploring. And I feel like in season two of our Star Trek Discovery, you'll see even more of that, even more of of of, of his partner attempting to discover, well, I still really love this person. And maybe if they're really creepy, I still get visions of him sometimes. Um, can I move Let's on? See. Can I still even work on this ship with these people? Yeah. But you see, right now you're getting into the danger that of some of the critics of the Shiro Adam debacle I'm having, mm-hmm. where um, uh, one of the voice actors, uh, the voice actor for Pidge, she actually said that this was not queer beating. It just wasn't the, the content that yeah, yeah what you I saw wanted. That. I saw that. Yeah, it wasn't just it wasn't the fiction that you wanted, basically. And that's why um, I don't have a problem with the episode. Yeah. Yeah? yeah, I think the episode did its job really well, but yeah. I think that it, it, you had an opportunity. Here's what I think would have worked a whole lot better: if they never talked, if they never said anything about um, Shiro in Comic Con, and just bust yeah. the episode, I think yeah. folks would still be hurt, but not have the kind of visceral response that they had here. Because because yeah. you by saying that we that we're gonna reveal that Shiro is gay in season seven, you're telling. You're telling you, you LGBT know, folks that you really want to make sure that you see every episode of season seven because you don't want to miss this uh, big reveal. Yeah. Whereas you could have just decided, here's what. Um, we're going to explore a little bit about Shiro's story because we know that Shiro has been through a lot and we think that folks will appreciate that. You tell us what you think. Um, and then say that in season eight, because I think that they're going to do that in season eight. They're going to give Shira a little bit more time to explore the kind of future that he wants um, sexually and romantically. Because they've done that with literally everyone else. Everyone else has had someone that um, that they get googly-eyed for, even hung. Has Pidge had one? Pidge has not had one. But Pidge has had uh, a long-standing relationship with his family that we knew that we wanted to explore. Yeah, she yeah. had with his family that she really wanted to explore. Yeah, um, yeah and Hunk is a pansexual because Hunk likes this alien girl. So, yeah. Right. But, yeah. But, but you see, that's the thing. They've given everyone an opportunity yeah. um, to explore themselves in that way yeah. they never gave that to Shiro, yeah, to Shiro. They, okay. and they, they, I don't think that it's necessarily bad for for him to be in a even potentially toxic because that's something to keep in mind about their relationship as well when we take a look at their relationship yeah. we take a look at Shiro as someone from the perspective of someone who is so aggressively ambitious that he would let the love of his life walk away so he could go to a job halfway, like half a galaxy away, and almost, and probably get his ass killed. Yeah, and then he and subsequently that, almost gets his yeah. ass killed. <laughs> and that's actually, and that's actually what I liked in that episode, that they showed that side of Shiro 
that she would, you know, you have this debilitating disease, apparently, and you have this person who loves you, it seems, and you're like, nah, I, I, I go in. I, I'm on yeah. the next spaceship. And I was like, dude, yeah. <laughs> what's your priorities? Yeah. You know? and, and it is interesting. It is interesting on some level. Um, I'm... I mean, it, it's obviously going to rub some folks the wrong way, but I think it's really interesting to have a conversation um, where even LGBT relationships are potentially toxic ones, because in a lot yeah. of cases that is unfortunately true. That because of because of differences in power or even differences in acceptance around oneself in LGBT relationships, uh, individuals end up being really prone to abuse, especially if there's, especially if one of the partners isn't out to the rest of their family or friends and they're still living with a great deal of shame. Um, it's an opportunity for folks to take advantage. And even though that's not necessarily the case with Shira and Adam, there's a lot to explore about the fact that when we meet them, he's not the best partner. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I, I think all of that to me makes the writing really good. I think that they could have just talked about the episode in a significantly different way to give folks an opportunity to enter it to enter the episode with their own um with their own things with their own expectations instead of telling them what to expect i do feel no go ahead well i and i think this will be a recurring theme of this podcast but it also i think it also addresses the relationship between creators and their fan base. Exactly. We're in this world right now where you feel this obligation to your fan base and you as a creator then have to decide, okay, how much of it do I share? Because people have been saying, you know, the fans have been doing all of these fan casting and, and, and these fans fandom about Shiro being gay. So it, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's something that, you know, organically was something that they for themselves had said, yeah, he has to be this type of thing. So it came from the community, and they probably felt they had a responsibility to say, you guys are right, and you're going to see a bit of that. But, you know, it's really, where is that balance? You know, how much, you know, do we want creators who share nothing, or do we want creators who share and disappoint us sometimes? Well, I'm not sure, because that's something as a playwright yeah that i'm in a position that i've i'm in a position to have like converse, constant conversations about because like in the in the theater world in the stage theater world um the assumption is which i hate i despise the assumption is that the play is the play is the play um what the person wrote in the final script is what goes on stage by hook or by crook you ain't bound to like it but if if the playwright says that that guy is white with blonde hair, you don't get to make that person a black man no matter what. And we've seen a couple, I will, at least I've seen a couple controversies where some plays got pulled off stage because directors, who I think are the people to interpret those works, um, take liberties and take opportunities to explore stories in different ways. And that's kind of what makes... Um, more commercial media so much more exciting to me especially um especially sci-fi and especially animated series where the fandoms are so strong the fandom for um steven universe is so strong the fandom for adventure time is so strong that they take some time and create some of this story themselves for themselves and it's from that discovery sometimes 
um, that perhaps even the writers learn something about the, the characters and their world because now you get to see something uh, that obviously someone who cares about your characters and your world want to explore. And they're exploring that because you gave them the tools to. The, the tools yeah. to. I feel like on some level, every every public medium, yeah, every public piece of media is open source. And if you don't approach it that way, but then if you don't approach it that way, then you stand the you stand the risk of of telling your audience, "This is for me," and you get to watch it, as opposed to "This is for you." This is your world. You get to participate in it in whatever way you see fit, and you obviously want your fans to feel like that. But then you also kind of create this atmosphere where the fandom gets to tell you what the show is. And then, and you never really want to be in that position because you probably have an idea how your story goes because you've been writing it. Nobody else has seen. I've never seen the the Voltron Legendary Defender Story Bible, right? And it's probably it's probably the size of an actual Bible, yeah. right? So like, which, I, which yeah, which is 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 something that I'm loving with a series right now. So, like, there's a major, just branching off to, like, you mentioned Steven Universe, mm-hmm. and I'm a, he knows everybody. Yeah. I'm a lover of Steven Universe. Die hard. Honest, I've never watched it. Yeah, you are missing so much. Yeah, but, I've been told. I might start, but, I might start. But there's a major, and this one I'm not going to spoil. I'm so good. Okay. A major thing happens um, at the end of the last few episodes, major for this series. And when you go back, which I did, and went back to some episodes, you actually see hints of it being dropped in episodes. So that this body of work that they knew what they were doing all along, some of it, they listened to some fan reactions and said, all right, and they would misdirect fans who guess, okay, this is where it's going. Mm-hmm. But it amazes me now that, that they have... And as I said, some of some stories have this literal Bible, this huge tome of okay, all these are all the things that we have to cover in this series, and and they're doing this for animated series as well. That yeah. that for me is, I mean, I love it. I, yeah. I, I love the, the Renaissance that we have now. Yeah. Because to be honest, um, I grew up with Scooby Doo and <laughs> Captain Caveman, and let me tell you, <laughs> there's no, there was no, there was no direction there. <laughs> Yeah, there was literally, he likes Scooby Snacks, um, Shaggy's always high, Velma's going to say Jinkies, and we have a maybe, would they, maybe they would or wouldn't between uh, uh, Asuka Dude and, 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 the, other, and the blonde chick. Well, <laughs> you know, so. um, Fred and Daphne? Daphne, yeah, Fred and Daphne. That's a shame how important Scooby Doo is to some folks. And yeah, and, and that's, that's kind of the thing about that relationship between and the creator and their audience is that you yeah. obviously want to give them an opportunity to participate and to populate the world, but you don't want them to tell you how to tell your story yeah. because, and, and I think that because the story itself, I don't think is particularly bad, maybe problematic. And I can't speak to folks who have experienced problems with the story because it's also worth keeping in mind that we're talking about people we're talking about a community of lived of human beings with a lived experience of people telling them that they don't get to exist. Yeah. yeah. And here it is that some, that someone who looks like them and talks like them and acts like them is them for a lot of, for a lot of folks. 
only gets to exist on stage for a handful of minutes in a shitty relationship and then dies, right? Yeah. It feels kind. Of, it, it's shitty. I could, I could, I could only imagine how shitty that feels. Yeah. From a writing perspective, though, I feel like you should. I mean, if you want LGBT characters to live and thrive, you probably do want to put them in a wartime situation. And there was an opportunity, perhaps, to put Shiro and Adam in a, a flashback before both of them ended up serving or. Um, when they just started dating and there was absolutely no reason to believe that um, any of them would end up going to space. And we get to see how that relationship evolves to that point, which I think would have been really interesting. Um, but but they were juggling a couple of things and that's why they lied. That's why I think that they queer baited folks when they said that the story was about Shiro. The story wasn't about Shiro. That episode is about um, Shiro, about Keith finding a mentor that he could trust and appreciate. And was supposed to set up Earth, um, at that base on Earth, finding the tools to fight back against the cholera. Yeah? That's what those episodes were. Don't lie and tell people that it was about Shiro. Because Shiro herself was only there for maybe five minutes, if that much. Yeah? Shiro himself doesn't get to experience an episode that you say was about him. Yeah. When you could have just decided, look, we're going to talk about Shiro a little bit, and maybe you'll find something there that you enjoy or want to explore a little bit more. But we're really interested in returning the story to Earth, yeah? And having a little conversation about how Earth and the, the people that live on it, um, being the, the family of our favorite paladins, the families of our favorite paladins, how they've dealt not just with, the, uh, with their own family members being missing, but an impending cholera attack. Tell us that, so that when we ex- when we discover small little nuggets of cool shit inside that, we'll be like, wow, they're finally giving us something, um, without necessarily all of those knee-jerk feeling lied to. I think a lot of folks felt lied to. Yeah, and, and I mean, as black persons, we, we understand that. I mean, yeah. there's, there's the Finn problem. Oh, <laughs> that is, That's going to get an entire episode <laughs> where we get and oh Finn, oh lightsaber, oh definitely a Jedi, and oh no, you're a garbage man. It's more than that. It's more than that. But basically, but he was hard luck, Finn. I liked Finn. I liked Finn, and you know what? I, I, I mean, just to tease that conversation a little bit, I, I, I think it kind of connects to how one of the things that I liked about this season is that a lot of things felt natural. Yeah. Finn felt natural. Finn felt like a fuck up, yeah. <laughs> and fuck ups but, exist even amongst the strongest but, and bravest people in the here's, universe. Here's where I'm going to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. There is, there exists, and I know we're getting off topic slightly, but there exists. But it's, it's connected to this. There exists a a book before that movie that right. talks about Finn being a crack shot with the laser rifle mm-hmm. being a leadership potential and he actually gets into trouble because he cares so much about which kind of fits in with his personality yeah cares so much about his fellow um uh, what do you call those stormtroopers and actually in the beginning of the movie where he picks up the stormtrooper's helmet that's actually someone that he saved from an earlier training exercise that they had yeah. So I had that knowledge when I saw Finn, knowing that the the book before had set him up 
as being someone who was actually a star in the rising. And that's why Phasma actually had all those issues with Finn, was because she saw a lot of potential in him, and he had this one weakness that shouldn't be in a stormtrooper, and she was trying to get that out of him. Yeah. So understanding that is like, you know, it's like, ah, dude. Yeah, they didn't give us, they didn't give us the feel yeah. that they promised us, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I like Finn, That's I think. I feel, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like Finn. I like John Boyega. I'll go there. I like Finn because, and, and here's why I like Finn, and here's why I think that people don't give Lance enough credit. Um, just to like connect the two things. It's absolutely possible for me to believe that there's that there's a colossal fuck up in in some of the bravest and strongest people in the universe. Yeah. That's one thing. And two, it's an opportunity for me who will never feel like I could relate. I've never felt like I was Luke Skywalker, me personally. Yeah. Not not just because I was black, but because I'm just there's some folks who who because of the natures of their lives um don't ever walk away feeling like they're the chosen one. Yeah. And that was never me. I never fooled myself into the illusion that I was like the most special person in the universe and everyone um, is looking for me and wants to access my talent and see my potential. No, I was just like a guy um, living in, in um, suburban Curep. <laughs> yeah. Um, who liked these stories and I liked these characters, but none of them I felt were me. And then I see Finn, a guy who wants to do so much good and has so much love and compassion for everybody around him. But he's shit. But he'll still try, right? He'll still try uh, because it's because it's the right thing to do. And if he fails yeah. doing the right thing to do, at least he could say in 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 front of whatever is um, Jedi have on, well, I tried to do the right thing. Um. <laughs> I think yeah, that, we may we may need a like a, I I'm not sure if we should like just discuss Finn. We might have to take it broader and discuss Star Wars because it's such a big fandom and yeah, there there are yeah. things and there's there. so much things to explore yeah. there. So. Yeah, but I mean, even but that's why I think that's why I think what I think about the representation of Shiro is that. Um, yeah. people are always just looking for people to see themselves through. And some mm. people are not seeing themselves. I don't think, I, I, I obviously think that there are some people who don't see themselves in Keith. Some people don't see themselves as the, as the dark brooding leader uh, with a wolf that could teleport them through space. Um, mm. Some people don't see themselves as the, of the, as the princess of our long lost empire of people trying to do good some people do even see themselves as the weird quirky engineer who like just like blurts out random things like quran mm -hmm. but some people will see themselves um as the lovable extra who deserves to be there and the fact that they and the fact that some people got robbed of that even in a story that could have potentially been good or been a meaningful story for someone. The fact that they didn't get to truly see themselves there or the person that they did see doesn't get to live, that's kind of heartbreaking. And I yeah. could understand why people feel lied to. That's different from me, and I, I want to make that clear, that's different from me jumping on somebody's Twitter and telling them how to tell their story. But I feel like there could have been a lot more mindfulness in terms of how this would have affected people and how to tell a story that was just a little bit more honest and just be honest with your fans um, that we're dealing with folks in war and you're going to see some folks that you love that might live long. Um, 
And that's unfortunate, but that's also the truth. And maybe we get to go back in time and introduce you to the people that we met, that y- y'all wanted to meet before we go to war. Um, but people go and die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? And you can't stop that. Yeah? You can't stop yeah. that and still talk about the Gala. Yeah. yeah. So I think if anyone out there, you know, you have a different take, um, especially if you're from the LGBT community, um, it would be great to hear from you, what you think. Um, yes, at the end of the day, I will be watching season eight, um, which I, is the last season, yeah. um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 12, 13 episodes in the bank left. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, as I said, I still I still love the series. I watched it with my Fruit Loops and Milk mm-hmm. because I needed that Saturday morning cartoon feel while I watched it. Um, was really upset when I had to watch the last episode without my Fruit Loops. <laughs> uh, but I survived. I survived. Um, I know we quickly wanted to touch on um, some of the reboots um, before we go. And I'll start with this quote um, from John Hodgman, um, writer, humorist, uh, to to give some context. Nostalgia is a toxic impulse. The idea that things were better before is usually wrong. Mm -hmm. And the idea that we can get get back to what we had is always wrong. And all these people who are quarreling about, oh, they've ruined Thundercats. Thundercats was shit. I'm sorry. I loved oh, Thundercats. I loved... Them some I, fighting words. Yeah. You know that. No, I loved Thundercats. But really, go back and watch Thundercats. It's Thundercats rough. Thundercats was, was some crap, poorly animated piece of pile of doo-doo. Mm-hmm. Um, the only good thing was the Black Thundercat, Pantro. Yeah, represent, <laughs> represent Pantro, because he was the Black. And there's a whole. I mean, you could you could look online for the the, the tributes to Pantro, but oh. it was crap. It, it it was crap. And I honestly, people, these companies own these properties. Whatever the hell they want to do with it, I'm cool with it. Because not everything is targeted to me, and I don't have yeah. to watch it. And that's really important to me, is that I am not under the illusion that people are trying to make Teen Titans go yeah. to sell toys to a 28-year-old 20 black man from Trinidad. I'm okay. Yes. I'm okay with the idea that Teen Titans Go was not meant for my eyes. And maybe if I watch it, I enjoy it, right? In much the same way that I feel like there are some... I, I know I know 18-year-olds who just sit down and watch Paw Patrol, right? I don't, okay. know, I don't know why, right? But for them, they get some fun out of it. But they're also but they're also keenly aware that Paw Patrol ain't for them. Not- I, I'm not trying to fool people into thinking that, like, some, like, some executive somewhere thought that I needed to see My Little Pony. That's creepy, right? It's not just wrong, but it's creepy. Um, so I'm okay with just fo- letting folks um, live with their Teen Titans go. And if I like my original Teen Titans so badly, I'll find it somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure that someone can still watch it. By the way, I, last night, in preparation for this, I watched an old episode of Teen Titans, the one that I loved. Mm-hmm. And some of those episodes were crap. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and that's the thing about that's the thing about like I said at the beginning of this segment, no series is perfect. I remember yeah. I have such fond experiences of um of the old X Men cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I watched back some episodes, and I had a real visceral experience, like last year, 
I tried to watch an episode of um of X Men, and there's a scene where Wolverine is like walking through uh, an air duct, and he sniffs in the air. I smell X rays, and I was like, "Nope, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done." I'm finished. This is cancelled. X-Men's cancelled. I'm done. That's the dumbest shit I've heard in my entire life. How did how did somebody get away with this? How did somebody how did somebody write with, like someone in a writer's room wrote that in a script, sent it to the supervisor. That supervisor read it, thought it okay, handed it to a, a, a voice actor. That voice actor voice actor looked at it and said, "Yeah, I'm gonna read that. I can smell X-rays. What the." F- <laughs> no. no, and I no. remember I loved it when I was young. Yeah. But I mean, you could get away with that shit when yeah. I was young. But what? What? And one of the things I want to say about old cartoons versus cartoons of the day is that it's okay to hold up some series for what they did and what they brought. So, like you mentioned, X Men, and I think where X Men was great was in bringing the comic book storylines to the animated series, mm-hmm. and they did that well. They, yeah. they actually did took some of the teen titles, did the same thing, where they took storylines that you read in the comic book, and they translated them to the screen, and that was great. You had some that were groundbreaking, like Samurai Jack, which yeah. showed you you can do cartoons with no sound at all, yeah, and it could really still gritty. just using visuals and cuts and that could have a major impact on how you tell a story. There's a wonderful episode of Star- uh, Samurai Jack where he's fighting this ninja in this place, and I think the ninja's in white and he's in black, and, and for like 10 minutes there's no speaking and just them moving in between shadows and light. And, and yes, you could say, wow, that's storytelling. That's, you know, hold up those things, but don't take it for granted that Everything about it was great. Some of yeah. it was crap. Yeah, even some, some Scooby Doo was great. Some Scooby Doo was crap. Or just, or just like some yeah. things, some things age differently too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I'm not going to unfool myself and say that I could sit down and and, and watch the original Voltron. Not mm. because it was bad. Yeah. I actually think that the original Voltron was great. But like, like, for yes, lack of a better way of saying it, the palette of my eye has changed. Yeah, yeah, and the palette of young people's eyes because let's keep in mind that if we're not catering for younger generations who will be consuming our content longer right we're not trying to make money and to make sustainable art and especially with in the um animated in the animated realm you have to start thinking in that way and i don't blame anybody for thinking that way and for young people the palette of the things that they're watching looks looks even less like voltron and more like gumball and that's okay, yeah, because they know that they're making it for folks who like Gumball. And if you if if you like the animated style of Gumball and Adventure Time, then nothing's wrong with watching um, this new Thundercats. And and it's also possible that it's going to be really entertaining for parents who have to watch this with their kids to make sure that people not cussing, who also have a visceral a, a visceral memory and experience of Thundercats. They'll find something to enjoy if they just like get off that high horse. Um, without breaking their ankles, nobody needs all of this bacchanal. Is is, yeah, is basically it amazes me. Even with Shira coming to Netflix, and yes, I will watch at least one episode. But uh, it's, I'm sure it's, it's gonna be. I'm sure it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Like as as yeah. okay as Shira was when Shira was. Okay, out. Yeah. Shira was. Yeah. yeah, 
the original oh, Conan I... was trash too, but we used to watch it. Yeah, because we had nothing. And I don't know if you ever watched the Netflix series the Toys That Made Us. I have and, yet to. I've watched a couple of episodes, but I haven't finished it. Yeah, and for those of you who haven't watched it, watch the Transformers episodes. Watch the He-Man episode where they tell you that those those cartoons that you loved and you live and die for were just half an hour commercials. They they, they needed yeah, something to sell, to sell and that was it. That's that is what Saturday morning cartoons were. They were just half an hour long commercials sprinkled with some goodness so that Congress wouldn't clamp down and it's say, look, it's educational. We're telling people don't take drugs. So please, <laughs> please. Yeah. When I saw all the you know, thing about Thundercats and, and She-Ra and everything they want to bring back. It just, it confuses. And people yeah. chill out. Yeah, you know, uh. you know, you know what I'll say? Um, to folks who have concerns about those kinds of shows, let me tell you why you want them to stay on air. Remember Young Justice? Yeah, man. Yeah, and y'all, yeah. yeah, and y'all was shitting bricks when they took that off air, <laughs> yeah. and, and the reason why they said that it was that they couldn't keep it on air is because because um, it wasn't selling toys, and that's a god honest truth. Yeah? yeah, the whole purpose of these shows, and it's been, I mean, it's been codified long before Young Justice was ever on the air that the purpose of these things is to sell toys, right? So you want somebody to turn Young Justice in, into this new Thundercats, and you want young people to love, yeah, Young Justice drawn as Gumball, right? You want them to lap it up because it means that you will get to, to still enjoy and participate in some of these stories all together, no matter how more childish they might become. So you can still enjoy those stories that you remembered in your youth and share those with young people that are growing up around you. What more you want? You rather they don't tell the stories at all? Well, I can help you there, partner. Um, and, and just to cap all this toys thing, now I may have or may not have seen a video of a review of a Voltron toy <laughs> where you have all the five lions and the five lions actually come together and, and they form Voltron. That's cool. And, and I don't know how I can justify that with my wife. Because <laughs> it's, it's a hell of a lot of money. Right. And, 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 and if I say, oh, yes, I'm buying this for me. So maybe my nephew, my little nephew, mm-hmm. I know you're not listening to this, but you might, you might get it. And, and I'll come and play with it every day. <laughs> But it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> that sounds really incredible, yeah. Um, I mean, we do have to end this segment because I think we've spoken about a lot, but yeah. um, hopefully we leave, we leave somebody uh, with something to think about. All right, now we're going to leave something for the rest of you all to talk about. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll tell you what we like. So, Marlon... What are you liking this week, boy? Okay, so uh, two things and then something. Um, so it's exactly going to be three things. The two things I'm liking and one thing that I didn't think I would like or may like, I'm being real cryptic. Anyhow, <laughs> two of my favorite season series just started once again that I absolutely love for different reasons. So it's Insecure by Issa Rae right. HBO. I love that series. I love Issa Rae as a creator. And she's been blessed to be born on the same day as me, so even greater love. Wow, okay. Yeah. So with two episodes in, um, I I know actually two real-life Issa Rays. 
one I consider her Isari right now, and the other I think of her as Isari, older Isari. So okay. I always talk to the two of them after an episode. So I really love that series. Second series that I absolutely love is Better Call Saul. I mentioned Vince Gilligan at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I love Vince Gilligan. I love The Breaking Bad. I love Better Call Saul. There's a scene from last the last episode. What I like about Vince Gilligan is he never tells you. He shows you. Right. So there's actually a scene where we have no idea what is going on. There's this guy, one of the main characters, is doing something in another spot, and you spend so much time, there's not really any talking, there's no real dialogue, but it all makes sense within the context of the episode. And I love that Vince Gilligan is able to pull this off in a series where you become, I personally become so invested in the Mm -hmm. series itself because of how strong his character development is. You love these characters, you live these characters, and even though you know the fate of some of these characters, you're still there, you know, with them all the step of the way. And now for the thing that I may like that I didn't really expect. Okay. So, Brendan, I saw the second trailer for Iron Fist. Right. And, and I think I may actually watch it, which is, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it for a season. <laughs> and this really? surprised me. And I don't know what, I don't know how to deal with this because I have this visceral discomfort with Iron Fist, how it was portrayed. But they were able to do something to me with this trailer. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, may, I may watch the next season of Iron Fist. Who knew? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to get known for saying controversial things. Yeah. I, actually, I actually enjoyed <laughs> Iron Fist season one, right? Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm similarly excited. I just heard my fiancé sigh in the other room. That's how long it was. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's not a popular opinion. You're like among. I'm the one. one. I'm the one person. I don't even think like the team of Iron Fist likes Iron Fist at this point. But I love. I loved first season Iron Fist. Not necessarily. I'm not gonna fool folks into thinking that I think that it's good. But yeah. I think that, I think that, um, there was something about that interesting character design that was Danny Rand. Yeah, yeah. literally, a, like literally, like an eight year old uh. boy for the entirety of his adult life, right? who, when we see him in the second season of Luke Cage, we can assess that there's been some growth. Not just I that, did like him a bit more in Luke Cage, I'm yeah. not going to admit. I and, did like him a bit more. Right. And when I saw him in Luke Cage, I was like, give that guy a season. This is the guy that people want to see. And I, I, I get a glimpse of that in Iron Fist season two, and I'm really interested in that. I, um, I, I am um, really liking the trailer. Um, and the thing is, I am actually an Iron Fist fan. I have Iron Fist comic books. I used to read Iron Fist. I like the whole mythology of Iron Fist. So for me, what I started seeing was the Iron Fist from the comic. I started seeing some elements of it. So that's why I'm kind of excited. And who knew? So what are you liking? Um, well, right now, I'm, yes, I'm actually just... I've been really quiet these days, like in terms of the stuff that I'm consuming, because I'm building a lot of work for an upcoming poetry slam. Um, more on that real soon. Um, but so, so far, the only content, the only stuff that I've been really trying to watch on TV is that I got back into the last seasons of Suits and The Blacklist. The Blacklist especially, I don't think that there's a thing that James Spader could do that I won't love. I I love, I love me some James Spader. Yeah. And, and he's just such an incredible actor. And even though, I mean... 
network TV is network TV is network TV, right? And it comes at some point, like, Blacklist is, like, seasons in, yeah? They're, like, on season seven now or something like that. Um, and at some point in time, the story, like, just kind of devolves into madness. But, like, when you have a good... Act, and, and I feel like this happened even to some degree with um, with Breaking Bad, is that you could tell at some point um, that the longer this survived in a network that needed to, like, needed to make network-level decisions, some some stories just end up feeling kind of cookie cutter. But when you have a character inside there that is interesting, that is interesting to look at always and is always making what could be a very simple decision always look interesting and challenging, like James Spader, it makes even the most fundamentally nonsensical show always have energy and, and, and connectedness. I want, I always want to see what Red Reddington is doing and what's going through his mind, even if I don't necessarily care about the show. Yeah. And it's a weird thing. It's a weird reason to say that you like something. Um, but I, this is probably less true that I like, um, the blacklist, but I'm really excited to, to give myself some time to sit down and watch James Spader act for the first time in a long time. And I think that, um, that is what I'm really liking. I'm liking this most recent season of Suits, even though a lot of people aren't, um, because, oh boy, Mike Ross is gone. Mike Ross is my, Mike Ross was the, the one person that I felt like I could relate to, um, in suits and well he and Meghan Markle um are gone for obvious reasons. Yeah, she she's doing something now. Yeah. Married some dude. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um but yeah, but I, I think this new season of suits is really interesting. Catherine Heigel is providing a lot of different energy to the show. Um and the direction of the show has kind of like viscerally changed in a way that I want to continue seeing and exploring. A lot of the characters have grown and, and been, um, are, are, are they're vastly different than how we met them in the last six seasons. Um, and while I don't think that a lot of people are into suits, um, if you have watched it before and you used to like it and you just kind of fell off, even if you skip all the previous stuff, I think that this last season is a good place to jump back in. Yeah. Yeah. I may have to do that. Yeah, it's not a bad show. I mean, and it's also it's also the kind of show that um you can it's a bad again reason to say that you're liking it. It's one of those shows that you could literally watch while you're doing something else and still feel like you got everything, but it's also the kind of show that you could commit all your energy to and don't feel like you're being bored. To me. Yeah. So I mean, if you haven't ever watched Suits, I feel like like trying to watch all all six seasons is like a bad idea, but you could jump into the last season and I think that you'll get as much as you would get if you were starting from episode one. Cool. Yeah. Um, so that's what we like in. We know that there's still a lot to talk about when Voltron is concerned. What happens from here? How to deal with Shiro in the next season? Where the Lance and Allura get together. Ew. I'm really not about that. <laughs> anyway, lucky for us, there's still one more season for us to talk about. As we've said, um, there's still 13 more episodes become before we come to a complete end. Yeah, which I personally hope squeezes in at least one more Dungeons & Dragons episode. Yeah. So that's been our show, folks. Thanks so much for staying tuned. If you want to talk about what you just heard, shoot us a message. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon J. O'Brien. 
or check me out on Twitter at Marlon T or on Instagram at Guy from Trinidad. All right. Blessings and peace. And thanks so much for joining us.